Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, March 18th, 2021. I'm your host, Stephen Jr., and today we pulled Velvet Revolution. There's no denying that what we need right now is a political revolution. We all know that the government is not working for us. We all know that there's a lot of problems. And I think the idea of the song Velvet Revolution from 2007's American Doll Posse, I think the idea for the song lies in creating a soft revolution. Like the Velvet Revolution is a name for an actual soft political revolution that happened in Czechoslovakia, bringing down the communist regime. But it started as like a soft political revolution, like a peaceful protest. And they took to the street and brought about the downfall of communism peacefully. And I think that in the song, Tori is referencing that revolution, but also being cheeky because she starts that she's feeling radical in her cotton, purified in her satin, linking the personal to the political, as she always does, as she's good at doing. And I want to take it one step further. Tori Amos, Velvet Revolution Part 2. I want to take it one step further because I've thought a lot about this song. It's a very short song. (laughs) I've seen multiple performances on YouTube in the last couple of hours thinking about this song. And I just read a book called The Velvet Rage. That's what I want to talk about today. Since Tori takes this song from the personal, radical and cotton purified in her satin, to the political, the true divine creator wants a velvet revolution. Since Tori takes it from the personal to the political, I want to bring it back again to the personal. I read this book called The Velvet Rage. And then I was like, okay, that was a really good book. There's some problems with it I all had been saying. And the problems being that it doesn't really open its voice to people of color and possible different experiences growing up. But I had a typical, quote unquote, typical experience growing up gay. So this book actually kind of spoke to me a little bit. But I read this book and then I was like, well, that was a good book and I should download the audiobook. And I post about this on my Instagram. If you follow me, you might have seen it. Um, that I listened to the audiobook. I'm not done with the audiobook, but I'm listening to the audiobook because I'm like, did I read the book right? Like, I just want to hear the person that wrote it read it so that I can, like, like, it can sink in in a different way. And it has been sinking in in a different way. For example, I, there's this quote that I had to, like, stop and write down because I hadn't really absorbed it when I read the book. And when he said it, I was like, yes, that is it. That is it. That is everything, Alan Downs. That is everything. And I'll tell you the quote in a second, but I want to explain what the book is. It's called The Velvet Rage. It's not too far off from The Velvet Revolution. You need The Velvet Rage to create a velvet revolution. So The Velvet Rage talks about the three stages in a gay man's life surrounding shame, the idea of gay shame. I think it's a very worthwhile book that you need to read if you are a homosexual male, particularly, but anybody should read it. And it's based around a different model of six stages of a gay man's life, uh, the Cass identity model. It's based around this model of a gay man's life, including identity confusion, identity comparison, identity tolerance, identity acceptance, identity pride, and identity synthesis. Those are the six stages of a gay man's life in the Cass model. But in The Velvet Rage, Alan Downs takes it into three stages of shame. And the first stage of shame is characterized by overwhelming feelings of shame about being gay when you're young, particularly when you first realize that you're gay. In addition, men in this stage may stay in denial about their sexual orientation by splitting or leading a double life. 
I think every gay man at some point, whether you come out early, I came out pretty early, whether you come out early or you come out late, you do have this duplicity inside you. You are forced to hide. You learn hiding at such a young age. You learn protecting yourself from the taunts of people or from the fear of not being loved or whatever you're hiding from. You learn to hide a a huge part of yourself. And so duplicity is born in you and bred in you and develops in you in this weird, distinctly gay way. I believe that. I believe that to be true in my case. I believe that to be true in the case of a lot of my close gay friends, that there's this duplicity that's sort of inherent inside, you know, as it revolves around your sexuality. But it does sort of branch out to other aspects of your life, which can be stated in another way of of compartmentalization that is born from the first stage of overwhelming feelings of shame. Alan Down's second stage in The Velvet Rage, he talks about men in the second stage are overwhelmed by the idea that who they are is wrong. This idea often triggers addictive and self-destructive behaviors like substance abuse and anonymous group sex, constantly looking for sex, constantly working out, constantly like searching for meaning, trying to fix even if you don't consciously believe it, trying to fix what you feel is wrong inside of you, that there's something wrong inside of you. And so you're searching for outward meaning or an outward fix. And that's why that is the stage a lot of men get to. I mean, most people who come out are thrust into that stage. And that stage, according to Alan Downs, can be present for your whole life if you don't grow out of it. The reason I'm talking about this book at all is because I believe it to be true. (laughs) I believe that I identified these stages in my own life, and I believe it to be true. And I'm going to get somewhere with this. Hopefully, I'm going to get somewhere with this. But in the final stage, resolution, or the velvet resolution, gay men become whole. Gay men in this stage come to accept that being happy is compatible with being gay, but it's beyond that. It's about self-acceptance, and it's about doing away with the shame. It's the final stage, so I feel personally like I have entered that final stage, the final stage of life. I never thought I would say it, but I'm saying it, and I never thought I would say it with pride, but I am kind of saying it with pride. There's been such shame around being gay. I'm not talking about, like, I'm embarrassed to say I'm gay. I'm not embarrassed to say I'm gay, but there's, like, a a deep-rooted sense of unlovability So hearing about this third and final stage, I feel like I've entered that third and final stage. I'm like trying to put away the shame. I'm no longer satisfied with that lifestyle and like trying to find meaning and like authentic meaning in my life, trying to find out who I really am, trying to find out what really satisfies me and where I want to be in my life. Those are all markers of the final stage in Alan Downs' book, The Velvet Rage. And I wonder, I guess right now, parentheses, sidebar, I'm wondering if this is like a fort. I've been forced into the final stage because of pandemic. But anyway, I want to read this quote. This is getting somewhere. Stay on task. I want to read this quote from the book that I heard when I was listening to the audiobook, but I didn't absorb it when I read the book. But resolving the crisis of meaning is all about reaching the place of honest and radical authenticity. It's about no longer needing to compensate for shame and living your life without needing to gild it with the extraordinary, growing older day by day and year by year without the need to make it all seem better than it really is. It's life and it's just fine without the embellishments. That really struck me because even just saying like, oh, I'm great and like trying to embellish your regular day to day 
is feeding into a shame of your actual day today, if that makes any sense. So growing older day by day and year by year without the need to make it all seem better than it really is, it's life and it's just fine without the embellishments. That really struck me. And I'm going to try to embody that. I'm going to try to be my authentic self and show up authentically. And only when you show up authentically can you be accepted for who you really are. If you don't show up authentically and you're accepted, all that love doesn't really fulfill you because you're not showing up as you really are. So people are accepting you for the wild, fun, sexy, whatever your thing is, they're accepting you for that. But if that's not really you, then you're left with this sort of gaping hole of need and just left a little unfulfilled. But if you show up as your authentic self, radical authenticity, then the acceptance that you receive is for you and it does sort of fill you. So that's the idea of the velvet rage. And that's the idea of, of uh, resolving this like in interior shame or internal shame. So I'm happy to say that I've entered into the final stage. I'm not there. The beginnings of the final stage are very difficult because there's this like weird ambiguity. I'm right now like, okay, well, I haven't been able to fulfill my needs with social interactions or sexual conquests or going out to the bar or going out to the club. I haven't been able to fill that need in a year or more now. So I'm like in this am ambiguous state, like who am I? So I'm taking it back to the song, Velvet Revolution. Tori is calling in the song in 2007. She starts the album with Yo George, for Christ's sakes. She's very obvious. And as I was watching these little performances on YouTube of Velvet Revolution from 2007, she's being very obvious about calling for a soft political upheaval. She's calling for a peaceful protest and a peaceful upheaval of the American political regime. I do believe that it's right there on the nose. Bing, bing, bing. I think that she's stating it clearly. The only moments of cheekiness in the song or ambiguity in the song are the first two lines. The rest is like, come on, uh, uprise. That's what she's calling for. But I want to call for a, a radical, internal, personal revolution. I want to call for a, s a slow and mindful revolution of acceptance and authenticity. Um, it's difficult to embark on a journey away from a familiar life, which is what I feel like I'm doing. I feel like I'm embarking on a journey away from a familiar life. Like everything that I've known, which has filled my days and nights, it's no longer fulfilling. And of course, this is coming off a year of isolation. So it may have been perfectly fine. It may have been perfectly fulfilling, but I'll never know because now I'm on this journey of radical self-acceptance. And here we are. I'm calling for a velvet revolution. I'm calling for a personal revolution of radical acceptance of yourself. And I'm asking to examine, I'm asking myself, I guess, to examine my old life and what I want in my new life or what I want in my future life. And I feel like I'm in a slow journey away from a familiar life towards, towards something who knows what will be truly fulfilling. And something's in the old world. <laughs> pre-2020, pre-March 2020, some things in that old world were certainly very fulfilling. Friendships, social interactions, obviously that's fulfilling. But like, let's separate the wheat from the chaff here. Anonymous sexual encounters are never fulfilling. If you're a gay man, I call for you, I call for you to make a velvet revolution in your own life. That's enough of a revolution on its own in the gay world. Um, I haven't opened Grinder since January. I'm wild. 
I mean, I think I opened it once. I did open it in February, but I wasn't like looking at it. I opened it. Okay. I opened it, but I wasn't looking at it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm embarking on a whole new journey. It feels very scary. I feel very ambiguous. But pulling Velvet Revolution today at least reminds me that the real revolution is internal and that the real revolution is self-acceptance and self-love. That's the real revolution that we need, or at least that I need. And maybe you need it too. And hopefully anything I've said has sparked a thought in your own mind. So on that note, here is a playlist that I have put together of exclusively trans and non-binary artists that you should know, that you should listen to, that you should love, that I would follow, blindly follow into any kind of revolution, not just a velvet revolution. If you like any of these songs, please check out the show description. I'm putting them all there. Support them on Bandcamp. Purchase their music. We're kicking it off with Toremus Velvet Revolution, of course. But then we're following it with a real Velvet Revolution. I'll talk to you tomorrow for Fuck Around Friday, where we're gonna fuck around. Purified in my satin But the balm of the season Is a velvet revolution I look at the sky And feel the tears Ooh, the prophets crying I look at the sky And feel the rain the rain of tears Feeling radical and cotton Purified in my satin But the balm of the season Is a velvet revolution All you killers of the children There's a new commandment The true divine creator Wants a velvet revolution All you killers of the children, there's a new commandment. The true divine creator wants a velvet
stench The aroma lingers on generation And it ironic, the smarter we get The less we understand about the simplest shit I am Shane, she is me We get down with our bad selves figuratively Don't care too much what other people say I get along swell by my goddamn self
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.